This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello and welcome to today's Bright Focus Glaucoma Chat. My name is Casey Baez and I'm Vice President of Integrated Marketing and Communications at Bright Focus Foundation. And I'm so happy to be here with you today to talk about, I hate my glaucoma eye drops. What are my other options? Bright Focus Glaucoma Chats is a monthly program in partnership with the American Glaucoma Society designed to provide people living with glaucoma and the family and friends who support them with information straight from experts. Bright Focus is committed to investing in bold research worldwide that generates novel approaches, diagnostic tools, and life-enhancing treatments that serve all populations in the fight against age-related brain and vision diseases. Now I would like to introduce Dr. Tanya Lamba. Dr. Lamba is a board-certified ophthalmologist and glaucoma specialist at the Krieger Eye Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. She also serves as a clinical associate professor of ophthalmology at the George Washington University. At Krieger, Dr. Lamba is closely involved in residency training in addition to her glaucoma practice. She specializes in medical laser and surgical treatments and performs cataract surgery. She's also a member of the American Academy of Ophthalmology and the American Glaucoma Society, where she serves on the Patient Engagement Subcommittee. Welcome, Dr. Lamba. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Casey, for your kind introduction, and thank you for having me on the program. Thank you so much. We're so appreciative that you're here to share your expertise and answer some of our burning questions. And so our first question is, why do I have to use glaucoma eye drops? Um, thank you, Casey, for that question. So glaucoma is a disease that can cause vision loss and even blindness by damaging the optic nerve, which is the cable that carries all the information from the eye to the brain. So this nerve damage from glaucoma usually happens when the pressure in the eye is too high for your eye, and this nerve damage then causes vision loss. Now, there are different treatments available for glaucoma, which include medication, laser, and surgery. Um, but amongst all these options, um, eye drop medications are the most common treatment for glaucoma. Now, these eye drops will lower the pressure in the eye, and that's how it prevents further damage to the optic nerve. So yes, if your ophthalmologist has prescribed eye drops for glaucoma, then you do have to use the drops on a daily basis as per your doctor's recommendations. And this is because glaucoma is not something that's going to go away. Um, you're gonna to have to be on treatment for the rest of your life. Okay, thank you. That's very insightful. Um, what kind of doctor should I see if I want eye drops or a second opinion on my prescribed glaucoma eye drops? So you should be seeing an ophthalmologist if you've been told that you need eye drops for glaucoma. Um, an ophthalmologist is a medical doctor who has been to medical school and then has received specialized residency training in ophthalmology. Um, so you should get a glaucoma evaluation with an ophthalmologist, um, you know, if somebody told you you need to get eye drops for glaucoma. Many times patients will go in for glasses check with the optometrist and they might note that the optic nerves look suspicious for glaucoma and then recommend that you should make an appointment with an ophthalmologist. But in some states now, optometrists are allowed to prescribe eye drops, 
but I would encourage you to seek a second opinion with an ophthalmologist who has the medical training to diagnose and treat eye conditions like glaucoma. Now, when you do call to make an appointment with an ophthalmologist and you are given the option to see a subspecialist, then you would in that case choose to see the glaucoma specialist. Okay, thank you. And so what exactly are these eye drops doing and how long would I need to take them? So that's an excellent question. Um, the eye drops are decreasing your eye pressure. And it's been proven from numerous studies that by making the eye pressure lower, we can actually reduce the risk of the glaucoma getting worse. There are different categories of eye drops based on you know, the chemical formulation. Um, and different eye drops lower the pressure either by reducing the amount of fluid that your eye is making, in, making or by helping that fluid to drain better out of the eye. And by doing that, that is by lowering the eye pressure, the glaucoma drops decrease the risk of your glaucoma getting worse. Now, the second part of your question, which was how long do you need to take them? Um, well, once you're diagnosed with glaucoma, you will need to stay on the drops pretty much for the rest of your life, since this is not a condition that's going to go away, unless you have a procedure done that lowers your pressure enough uh, and reduces the amount of drops that you need to take, or in you know, some cases may eliminate the need for eye drops. Okay, so we have a few more questions about how to use the drops, such as, does the time of day matter, AM or PM? Um, you know, what should I do if I forget to use my drops? Or, and also, um, you know, why do they sting? And does, it, does using them at a certain time maybe lessen any of the side effects? Yes, so um, time of the day does matter, uh, and it depends on the type of eye drop that you're using. Some eye drops work best if used once a day at bedtime, whereas other drops work best if used once a day in the morning. Um, for example, you know, the class of medications that are called prostaglandins, and some of you may have heard the drop names latanoprost or travoprost, these should be used once a day at bedtime. They work best if used at night. There are some other drops like Cosoft, which is dorsolamide timolol or bromonidine. Those need to be used two times a day. And in some cases, bromonidine is even prescribed as a three times a day dosing. So your ophthalmologist will tell you your drop schedule. Um, and it's really, really important for you to follow that drop schedule. Um, another thing to note is that for drops that are required to be used twice a day, you need to space those drops out so that you're using them about 12 hours apart. So if you use the drops around eight o'clock in the morning, you want to use them again around eight o'clock at night. And then similarly, for drops that are need to be used three times a day, you need to space them around eight hours apart. I, I mean, we know that sometimes it's not practical. Um, so you can adjust the timings a little bit depending on what time you wake up and sleep, but it's best to space them as much as you can. Um, and you also want to use the drops, you know, the number of times that you've been told. So if it's twice a day, you need to use them twice a day. If it's three times a day, three times a day, but space them as much as you can. And then your other question was, um, what should I do if, you, if I forget to use my eye drops? Um, which, you know, does happen. We do understand that it's really, really hard to stick to a daily schedule, especially when you're getting started. Um, so 
you know, it's important not to miss your jobs. Um, but if it happens once in a while, it's okay. But you don't want this to happen on a regular basis because then it will cause, you know, poor uh, glaucoma control. And then over time, that will cause vision loss. Now, if you did forget to use one of your eye drops, I would just say go ahead and put the drop in as soon as you remember, and then continue with your regular schedule. Um, it's important to set up reminders if you continue to miss your drop. And sometimes it's just easy to, you know, set it up so that you're using the drops at the same time as doing an activity. Like if you're brushing your teeth in the morning and at night, then use your drops, you know, just in the morning and night if you're supposed to use them twice a day. Um, in that case, you can just keep them in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. Um, if you're using drops at bedtime, you can just keep it on your nightstand. That way, you know, you don't have to get up and get out of bed again, um, which you may not do. That way you just have it right next to you when you go to bed and you can put your drop in. You can set up phone alarms. I mean, these days, you know, you can have phone apps that you can use um, that can help you track your medications and, you know, give you a reminder. Or sometimes just having a simple paper chart that you can just check off because sometimes you forget whether you put the drop in or not. And then if you have that check mark next to your drop, um, you know, that's something really simple and easy to do. Um, and then you asked about, you know, why some of the drops burn a sting at times. Um, and that's because all of the medications have preservatives in them. And those preservatives help keep the medication stable um, inside the medicine bottle. Um, usually the sensation will go away after a few minutes because your natural tears will just wash away the extra drop. Um, but for some people, the surface of the eyes may be really dry and irritated. And in that case, when the glaucoma drop hits the surface of the eye, it can cause burning and stinging. And one way to deal with this is to use some artificial tears. These are just over-the-counter lubricating eye drops that you can use like five minutes before you put your glaucoma drop in. Um, and that will help with those symptoms. Um, there's also some over-the-counter artificial tears, um, tear gels, like thicker formulations or ointments that you can use at night. And those will help soothe your eyes at night. Um, but it's important to note that you wanna do this after you've used your glaucoma drops. So the ointments should go in last, you know, because otherwise, you know, it will prevent your glaucoma drops from getting into the eye. But if you do continue to have irritation, do talk about it to your ophthalmologist because they can discuss other eye drops or other treatment options for you. I have so many people do struggle with that, with remembering to to take medication or to use the eye drops. And then when you do have those side effects, mm -hmm. it can make it harder to keep up with. So thank you for that, for those tips. Um, so are there other options that people might have if they just really, you know, do not like the drops or they are seeking alternative treatment? Um, if you, um, you know, do not like using drops at all, um, which could be either because of the side effects that um, you're noticing with the eye drops or you're having a hard time keeping up with the daily drop regimen, then you should talk to your ophthalmologist about other options which may include either a laser treatment, which could help lower the eye pressure, and this is called selective laser trabeculoplasty or SLT, 
or the other option may be a surgery to lower the eye pressure. Okay, and so can you tell us a little a bit more about what is selective laser trabeculoplasty and, and what are the risks and benefits and who might uh, benefit or want to learn more about that procedure? Sure. So selective laser trabeculoplasty, or we call it SLT for short, is a laser procedure that we do in the office, and this is done to lower your eye pressure. Um, so in glaucoma, as we said, the pressure is too high uh, because the drain is not working well. So with SLT, the laser stimulates your natural drain to work better, which in turn will lower the eye pressure. Um, but you know, it's not a cure for glaucoma, but it can help reduce the number of eye drops that you use. And um, the good thing about the laser is that if the laser effect wanes off in a few years, um, we can repeat the laser. Um, so, you know, it's something we do in the office. It only takes a few minutes. You sit on a laser machine and your eye is numbed with eye drops. We put a little lens over the eye and then using a laser beam um, at the drain, we stimulate it, you know, to work better. Um, the risks, you know, it is a very safe procedure, but, you know, it is a procedure, so there's always some risk associated with it. Sometimes your eye pressure may go up after the laser. Um, this is really rare, um, you know, this, you know, it's usually short acting, the pressure may spike for a little bit and then it comes down, um, but it's really rare for the pressure spike to last for a long time needing additional surgery. Um, there can be mild inflammation and discomfort after the laser, um, so your doctor may prescribe some anti-inflammatory drops to be used for a few days after the laser. Again, the inflammation is usually very mild and self-limited. Um, the benefits, of course, is that it will help lower your eye pressure um, and that it is a safe procedure and it can be repeated again if needed. And so would SLT uh, take the place of glaucoma eye drops as a first-line treatment in some cases, or do affected individuals tend to need both treatments? So that's a really good question. So recently we have um, information from a trial that's called the LIGHT trial or the laser in glaucoma and um, ocular hypertension trial. And from that, uh, we learned that if SLT is used as a first treatment, 70% um, of patients um, could stay at target without the need for glaucoma drops. So it is something that we can use as a first line now. And the effects, you know, lasted as long as five years. Okay, that's great news. And so, say maybe somebody um, couldn't have the pr procedure and still has to take eye drops um, for whatever reason. Are some types of eye drops better than others? And are there any new drops in the last five years that our audience should know about? So, um, there are different types of eye drops and they all have different ways of lowering the eye pressure. Um, some eye drops like what we call prostaglandins are slightly more effective at lowering the eye pressure as a single drop compared to others. So they're usually the first line of drops that we will use um, for treatment options. And then other drops can be added as needed, um, depending on how your eye pressure is and depending on the extent of your glaucoma. So your ophthalmologist will individualize your treatment according to the number of different factors like your pressure, the extent of nerve damage, or the extent of vision loss. 
Um, so to answer you know, your question, I would not say that one drop is necessarily better than others. One type of eye drop may work well for one person, but it may not work well for another person. So your ophthalmologist will recommend the eye drops that will work best for you. And this could change over time, even for you know, the same person. Um, your doctor may need to change the drops that you're using based on the eye's response and other factors. Um, and as far as new drops in the last few years, we do have a really new medication that was just FDA approved recent, as recent as recently as last year. It's called Amlanti. Um, it does belong to the same um, overall prostaglandin family, so it also works to improve the drainage of fluids from the eye. Um, besides that, the other drops that were more recent are within the last five, six years. Um, you may have heard of um, the brand name Bisulta. It's a lecanoprostin brunot is the medication in it, and it does release nitric oxide, which is another molecule that can additionally, you know, improve the drainage of fluid from the eye, in addition to the effect like the prostaglandins, which improve drainage anyways. And then there's metarsidil, um, which goes by the brand name of Lupressa. That's another new medication, um, which is a completely new class. Um, it works on um, certain enzymes in the eyes and it helps relax um, the drainage system and helps the flow out of the eye better. Um, and then the last new medication was a combination of this new medication, metarsidil, with latanoprost that we've had for a long time. And the neat thing is that in combination, um, the medication works a lot better than the individual medicine. So it's a lot more pressure lowering um, with the combination. Okay, all of that information is so helpful. And we will be sure to spell out, out all of these um, treatment names in the transcript as well following our chat. And, and just still thinking about alternatives to eye drops, uh, what exactly is Darista and, and what are the risks and benefits and who might be a good candidate for that? Yeah, so Darista is a tiny dissolvable implant that your ophthalmologist um, places in your eye. Um, it's the only um, FDA-approved implant that we have that can be used for patients with glaucoma or patients with high eye pressure. And as this implant dissolves, it just automatically keeps releasing medication, um, which is the medication that it releases is dematoprost. And this helps to reduce high pressure in the eye over a prolonged period. Um, so it's been shown that one implant will usually reduce the eye pressure in the eye for about four months, but in some cases it could last longer. Um, the downside, however, is that Durista can currently only be given once. It's not yet approved for multiple use. So if the effect weans off, then you will have to go back to using your eye drops. Um, but you know, if you are given um, this implant, then this would replace your bedtime prostaglandin eye drop that you're on. Um, and then if you're on multiple medications, then you would still use your other drops, but then you would have to use less drops. Um, it is only um, recommended uh, or approved for patients with open angle glaucoma. So if you have the other kind of glaucoma, closed angle or inflammation, um, then you cannot get the implant. Okay, thank you. Um... And still thinking about alternatives, um, looking at surgery, which is probably not everyone's favorite 
alternative treatment, uh, but uh, glaucoma surgery options are there. And um, what kinds of glaucoma surgery could people have to reduce or eliminate their needs for drops? So right now, we have a lot of different types of surgeries that can be done to lower the eye pressure. Our two main types of glaucoma surgery, which are kind of the gold standard, are trabeculectomy, in which we use um, our own tissues to create an alternative fluid drainage channel to drain fluid out of the eye. And then the other is a glaucoma drainage device, uh, surgery in which we implant a glaucoma drainage device, a little tube into the eye, that helps drain fluid from inside to the eye to outside from where it gets absorbed. Um, these two types of surgery are usually reserved for patients whose pressures are not controlled in spite of being, you know, on the maximum medical treatment and or, you know, laser treatment um, or for patients who have advanced glaucoma and you need to really lower the pressure and, you know, you won't be able to lower it with medications or laser or in situations where the pressure is really, really high, and you need to lower the pressure right away, and you can't wait for drops to work. Um, so these two surgery types are more involved, um, but they are more effective at lowering the eye pressure than some of the newer procedures, which are called mixed or minimally invasive glaucoma procedures. But even with these um, two main surgeries, we cannot always guarantee that you'll be able to stay off your glaucoma medications. Um, although you may be able to have, you know, need less drops after the surgery. Um, with the newer kind of surgeries that I just mentioned, uh, which are called MIGS, which stands for Minimally Invasive Glaucoma Surgery, these are most, more commonly combined at the time of cataract surgery. Um, they are more helpful for mild to moderate glaucoma, so not as advanced glaucoma. So if you have a su significant cataract, and you're going to have cataract surgery, then you know it's a, it would be a good option to combine it with one of these procedures to help reduce the number of glaucoma medications that you're on, um, you know, or you know, in some cases maybe even eliminate. But you know, the current um, mixed procedures don't typically lower the eye pressure low enough um, for the patients with really advanced glaucoma. Um, so, but it is a good option for patients with earlier glaucoma and cataract. So, um, looking at eye pressure, what is the normal range for eye pressure, and what is considered high? So that's a really good question um, because there is no, you know, the normal range is between 10 and 20, but there's not an actual cutoff number above which we're going to say, you know, your pressure is above this number and it's high because it varies from person to person. Um, so some people can have glaucoma even with pressures in that normal range. So they can have a pressure of 15 and have glaucoma. And then some patients can have high pressures, the pressures in the 20s and not have glaucoma. So it really depends on the individual, you know, nerve susceptibility. Um, if your nerve is more susceptible um, to have glaucoma, you can have glaucoma even at a lower pressure. So we have to individualize, you know, our treatment uh, pressure goal based on the individual patient. Okay, thank you. That's super helpful. And so we have a listener question that asks, how can you validly measure the effectiveness of eye drops without some sort of home measurement? 
So right now, the best way to um, measure it would be when you come in for your eye checks, we check you, you know, we not, don't only check the eye pressure, we also look at the optic nerve, uh, we scan the nerve, and we do visual field tests to check your peripheral vision. And by doing all those tests, we are able to evaluate whether your glaucoma is stable or whether it's progressing. So, um, you know, there are some home tests um, where you can check the pressure at home, but, you know, those numbers may not give us, you know, um, a very reliable information. They may give us trend. Um, so if somebody, you know, pressure is trending to be higher at certain times of the day, but we right now wouldn't base our treatments just based on those measurements. So you have to still follow up with your ophthalmologist regularly. Right, okay. Very important to always follow your ophthalmologist treatment plan and keep your eye appointment. So but that information is, is very helpful because, um, you know, eye pressure can be confusing and eye drops can also, um, you know, just be a little bit overwhelming when you look at all of the different options. But thankfully there are, um, there are treatment options and uh, there's new research and new discoveries every day. Um, and so our listeners really would like to know what kinds of other ways of delivering glaucoma medication are in development or what other types of alternative treatments are out there that we can maybe look forward to in the, in the future? Yeah, um, so some of the newer delivery systems that are currently being developed are um, there are contact lenses that could gradually release the amount of glaucoma medication onto the surface of the eye. Um, so you wouldn't have to instill drops in, you know, just the contact lens would keep um, releasing the medication. Um, then there are also some smart contact lenses that are, these are still in experimental stages, but it would combine an, a pressure sensor where it could, you know, sense the pressure. And if the pressure is high, then it would release the drug um, onto the surface of the eye. Um, then there's other implantable medications. So right now we talked about Durista, but um, there are other implantable medications that are being developed for other medications to be released, um, just like that. And then punctal plugs, so little plugs that would plug into the drainage, um, punct them in your eyelid, so it's sitting near the surface of the eye, and then just slowly releasing the medication. So this would be really great for patients who have a hard time getting drops in or can forget, so this would just slowly release medication over days or months. And then injections, where we can inject the medication um, over the surface of the eye, just under the clear conjunctiva, which is the clear covering over the white part of the eye. And from there, the medication would just slowly keep getting released over a few months um, period. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, these are all really exciting um, things in development, and hopefully we'll see some of these new delivery systems get approved and ready to use at some point soon. Thank you, Dr. Lamba, so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about um, glaucoma eye drops or, um, you know, anything that you think that we should know about um, in terms of glaucoma eye drops? So, um, you know, for patients who um, have really bad dry eyes or have irritation um, or unable to tolerate glaucoma drops, there are some preservative-free eye drop options that are also available. We, unfortunately, not every glaucoma medication is available as a preservative-free option, um, but we do have a few, um, like Zyoptin, uh, in which the medication is Caspitrost, and we have a co-soft or preservative-free option, 
gabapentinol as a preservative free option. And then very recently, we just have a latanoprost um, preservative free option called Iuse. Um, so we do have some options for patients who are allergic to the preservatives uh, in the medications. So um, you can talk to your ophthalmologist um, and see if that's an option for you. Thank you again, Dr. Lamba. With 80 million people um, suffering from this debilitating vision disease um, worldwide, it's important to just stay informed and to and to have conversations like this. And so we so appreciate you being here with us today. Um, and thank you so much thank to our listeners. Thank you for joining our for our chat. And so this concludes our uh, Bright Focus Glaucoma Chats for 2023. We will be back with new episodes in January, just in time for Glaucoma Awareness Month. And we'll be posting more updates about our future episodes at brightfocus.org slash chats. And so thank you so much to everyone again for joining us. And this concludes our chat today. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.